Chapter Two of Grace Harlowe's Fourth Year at Overton College by Jessie Graham Flower. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Two: The Last Freshman. It was ten minutes past seven when the club settled down to the frozen custard and delicious cakes that Grace and Anne had provided for them. Then Elfreda, who had taken upon herself the making and serving of the coffee, returned after a brief absence with a percolator of steaming coffee, Miriam following with the sugar and cream. "'Isn't it too bad? We never thought of doing this before,' said Marian Cummings. "'Something had to be left for our senior year,' said Anne Pearson. "'Do you know I am anything but joyful of being a senior?' announced Elfreda Briggs. Of course it is a satisfaction to know that one has weathered the last three years' examinations and is practically on easy street as far as studies go, but every now and then comes the awful feeling, only a little while and it will all be over, college, I mean. Yet a few days, and thee, the all-beholding sun, shall see no more, quoted Emma Dean lugubriously. Not quite so bad as that, returned Elfreda with an appreciative grin. Even we juniors feel more or less that way, said Laura Atkins. I never had any real fun until I came to Overton. The time has gone so fast I can't believe that it is two years since I locked Grace and Anne out of their room and behaved like a savage. I don't wonder Elfreda named me the anarchist. I did my best to live up to the name. Oh, forget about that, murmured Elfreda, looking embarrassed. The members of the club were wholly familiar with the history of Laura Atkins' freshman year, and admired her for the matter-of-fact way in which she was wont to discuss her early shortcomings. Under the sunny influence of the four girls who had helped her to find herself, she had developed into a gracious and likable young woman. She and Mildred Taylor were the guests of the club that afternoon. "'What is the latest word from airing freshmen? Has anyone heard?' asked Grace. Laura's reference to herself had set Grace to thinking of freshmen in general. "'With six at Ralston,' groaned Julia Emerson. "'The usual variety, neither rich nor poor, brilliant nor dull, amiable nor perverse, goody-goody nor lawless, just that comfortable, maddeningly commonplace variety of girls who never go to extremes.' "'Extremes are dangerous,' declared Elfreda judiciously. "'Better to be an extremist than nothing at all.' grumbled Julia. "'For the first time since we came here, there isn't a single freshman at Wayne Hall,' announced Miriam. "'Are all the rooms taken?' asked Marian Cummings. "'All but half of one room,' replied Emma Dean. "'The illustrious Miss West is alone in her glory. I heard Mrs. Elwood lamenting today because that particular half was still vacant.' "'Someone may take it yet,' said Arlene Thayer. "'This is only the second week of term.' Only yesterday a freshman arrived at Morton House. Girls have been known to drift into Overton a whole month after the beginning of the term. Did Miss West ask for a single? questioned Grace of Emma. No, she doesn't in the least yarn for one. You know she is paying her own way through college. She told Mrs. Elwood that it was all she could do to keep her head above water, as it was, and couldn't afford to think of a single. Of course Mrs. Elwood hasn't charged her single rates yet. But if no one else appears, she will either have to pay the advance price or make other arrangements. Mrs. Elwood knows of two girls who have been trying to get into Wayne Hall for a long time, and who will come bag and baggage the moment she says the word. That is too bad, said Miriam slowly. For Miss West, I mean. 
a significant silence fell upon the company of the girls. The same thought was in each one's mind. It was Elfreda who finally voiced it. "'It looks as though the S.F.s ought to get busy,' she said slangily. "'We might lend her the money to make up the difference.' "'I'm afraid that wouldn't do it,' objected Anne, whose practical experience with poverty had made her wise. "'I imagine with her it is a question of being economical. It wouldn't be fair to tempt her to extravagance, for a single would be the height of improvidence, particularly if she had to go in debt for it.' "'Anne is right,' declared Gertrude Wells decidedly. But to be perfectly frank, I am not in favour of the club taking up Miss West's case. You all know how badly she behaved towards us last year, particularly toward Grace. If we offered to help her, no doubt we should be ridiculed for our pains. I think the best thing for us to do is to let her alone. So do I, echoed Sarah Emerson. Several affirmative murmurs went up from various girls. Now, see here, began Elfreda Briggs emphatically. What is the use in our calling ourselves Semper Fidelis and then going back on our principles? When we organized this club, we didn't make any conditions as to who should be helped and who shouldn't, did we? Whoever needed help was to have it. If there's any way in which we can be of assistance to Miss West, then it is our duty to respond cheerfully. Hurrah for you, Elfreda, cried Arline. You're an honor to the Sempers and your own sweet native land. Of course we aren't going to pick and choose whom we shall help. I think we'd better appoint a committee to call on Miss West and find out if we can render her any financial assistance. I'm in favour of that committee, declared Emma Dean. Only don't ask me to serve on it. Grace and Arline are the very ones for that stunt, proposed Julia Emerson. They can do it to perfection. Don't ask me, said Grace with sudden earnestness. I just can't, that's all. Her face flushed and a distressed look crept into her eyes, which her friends were quick to note. "'Suppose you and Elfreda call on her, Miriam,' proposed Arline. "'You two are very valiant.' "'Excuse me,' said Elfreda so promptly that everyone laughed. "'I may look valiant, but to every woman her own fear, you know.' "'Oh, look, girls!' The sudden exclamation came from Gertrude Wells, who was sitting near the open window. "'There's the automobile bus from the station.' It's stopping in front of Wayne Hall, too. There was a concerted rush for the two windows. I wonder who it can be, cried Emma Dean. Wouldn't it be funny if it were the greatly desired freshman, Miss West, said the half. The watchers saw the bus door open, then out of it stepped the tallest girl they'd ever seen. I believe she is seven feet tall, muttered Emma Dean. I'm sure of it. Nonsense, laughed Miriam. But she is not far from six. I wish it were daylight, then we could see her face. I wonder who she can be, mused Arline. There is only one answer, smiled Miriam Nesbit. As Emma just stated, she must be Miss West's other half. However, we shall know before long. A moment later they heard the bell ring. Then up from the hall came the sound of Mrs. Elwood's voice speaking in surprised but pleased tones. A voice almost masculine in its depth answered, there was a tramp of feet up the stairs and down the hall. In the next instant, the door of the end room had opened and closed upon the newcomer. "'Girls, you were saved!' proclaimed Gertrude Wells dramatically. "'We had been wasting our valuable time tonight trying to solve Miss West's problem, when all the time the Queen of the Giants was hurrying as fast as ever she could to the rescue.' 
There was a faint general laugh at the remark. Then Elfreda said severely, Young women, do you consider making uncomplimentary remarks about new students in the line of true Overton spirit? But she did look seven feet tall, persisted Emma Dean. Think how deceitful appearances sometimes are, reminded Miriam. Never judge a person by moonlight, added Ruth Denton. Never judge them at all, smiled Grace. Let the poor freshman rest in peace. I have a last sweet surprise for you. Name it and you can have it. Caramels, guessed Julia Emerson. Marshmallows, said Gertrude Wells. Oh, I know, cried Arline. Nut chocolates, the delicious kind that old candy man in Oakdale makes. Someone must have told you, said Grace, going to the closet and returning with a huge box. You are all to stay here until the last chocolate is eaten. It was on the ragged edge of half-past ten when the Semper Fidelis Club trooped happily across the campus to their various houses, but faithful to their duty, the big candy box reposed in Grace's waste-basket, quite empty. "'I wonder how Kathleen West received her roommate,' observed Miriam. She and Elfreda had lingered for a moment in Grace's room after the others had gone. "'Tis fortunate for her that a belated freshman happened along,' was Grace's serious reply. "'But most unfortunate for the freshman,' added Elfreda. However, this one looks perfectly capable of fighting her own battles. End of chapter 2 Recording by Ashley Jane